there was an idea. The two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Binge Storm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime. We'll do what we can. So, anywho, welcome back to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Two true freaks! Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV, or anti heroes in this case, because it's Preacher Cast and it's back. Season 3, Episode 1, Angelville. Uh, where we've all been hoping to end up, us Preacher fans that have read the books, and uh, Preacher fans like Mr. Delmore over here, who was, who was just along for the ride, and we've hinted at the weirdness to come, and so he's looking forward to it too. But wave hello, Christopher Tyler, Pat Delmore. Yo. Hey, hey. I'm not sure if this will well, be me and Hero mostly, but we might do kind of a rotating cast uh, because Mr. Delmore's got a got to go do some stuff in a couple weeks, so you might not be able to show up for all of these. We'll probably get Mr. Hughes back on. Um, but so it'll be me and Hero and someone uh, covering Season 3 of Preacher. And yeah. and, and once again, I must uh, do some apologies for... Yeah, this one and the next one. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I must do some apologies for the lateness of the Season 2 wrap-up. Uh, that just came out a little while ago and that we, we lost two episodes due to my a lot of fuckery in my life and changing computers and a lot of fuckery in my life and uh, it's just the way it is but we did a hell of a wrap up uh, sh- uh, show for, for season two should so, happen so you should go listen to that and we're going to try to stay on track with this one uh, week to week and hopefully have uh the, the week's episode out before the next episode airs might be like five minutes before the episode airs. But. <laughs> I hope that whole part about my, uh, my father's antipathy toward the show that he really liked, which he then forgot about, which he was like, did I watch the end of preacher season two? <laughs> I'm like, no, you swore off the show. Uh, I did watch. <laughs> Any number of reasons. I forget yeah, exactly what the straw was, but it was pretty early on that he was. Oh no, it was like it was uh, Humper Dew. Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah. That uh, was the straw that was broke so the, bad about that. the whole camel's back. Yeah. Oh <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and that's that's the last one we got before the thirteenth was ten. So yeah, I know we definitely probably talked about that in that episode. Um, and unfortunately, we missed some good stuff with Brian and Beth for 11 and 12. But it's just the way the digital cookie crumbles sometimes, kids. So sorry about that. Uh, but we'll, we'll try to keep it firing on all cylinders this time round. So let's get into it. Um, season 3, Episode 1, Angelville. In a flashback, a man convulses in Madame Lajelle's office under a trance, and Madame Lajelle wraps her desk, causing the man to collapse, and outside a woman is leading a tour of the Angel, uh, Angelville um, plantation, Angelville plantation. I'm going to... Apologies to any of our French fans, I'm going to fuck your language up about a million times this season. 
Uh, so apologize for that. <laughs> and I'll probably uh, make it go with some really bad New Orleans accents as well. So uh, apologies in advance for that one too. Uh, send your email complaints to cheapscottproductions at uh, gmail.com. So anyway, Madame, uh, Madame Lajal uh, gives the man a drink after he exits the, uh, exits the trance, causing him to vomit violently. Beautiful, beautiful projectile vomiting. Yes, we know why he was in there. Yeah, and, and we find out it was a sober spell, because uh, Christine, Jesse's mom, uh, comes in, and uh, Madame Langelle's daughter, of course, uh, checks in on the man and notes that the spell was successful due to the vomit all over the floor. You'd think they'd maybe have, if that's something she does a lot, maybe just have a little bucket ready to go there. Better get a bucket, I'm going to throw up. I'd hate to see what she does for a constipation spell, Jesus. Ooh, ouch. Oh. Better get a bigger bucket for that. Uh. Gotta need a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you hadn't said it, I would have. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the, if, if there's an opening for a Mr. Kreitzo joke, you got to go for it. Yep. Uh, the man who turns out to be a councilman thanks Christine for uh, referring him. And Christine goes to the waiting room and forms an elderly couple that they are next. And the, their libido spell is ready. A little Bayou Viagra, if you will. All right. <laughs> Les bon That's it. Exactly uh, what I was thinking, whatever you said. Let the good times roll. Oh, okay. I should have known that. I know enough uh, Zydeco music, at least. I should have known that. Bad Scott. <laughs> a haggard man approaches Christine in the kitchen and, and begs her help. Uh, TC, yay, one of Man and Lajel's helpers, un- knocks the man unconscious. And Christine orders him to imprison the escapee before anyone else sees. Um, so we're not sure what's <laughs> going on there quite yet, but uh, there's there's people being held somewhere. Christine helps a black woman and a boy who are looking for the plantation tour group. And the mother jokes awkwardly that her son is worried about getting sold and taken away. And Christine ensures the boy that he's safe as long as he's with his mother. Uh, No foreshadowing going on there. Uh, (laughs) Christine gazes at a photo in her her bedroom. Jody, uh, another Angelville worker, summons her to the madam and asks what Christine is looking at. And she orders him out. Jody tracks Christine down on a bus after she runs away from Angelville. And uh, apparently the bus driver uh, knows the family well because he's just, like, telling the other passengers, like, I'll be over in a minute, but, you know, had to be done. (laughs) Look at this fucking guy. Um, (laughs) He brings her back to Angelville. Uh, Madame Lagelle demands to see what Christine was hiding in her room, and she quickly swallows the photograph before Jody can search her. And she cuts Christine open and retrieves the photo, and it's of a baby. And probably on the verge of death, uh, Christine is like, Don't you dare touch my Jessie. And Madame Lagelle tells Jody and TC to strap her in the machine instead of stitching her up. And we roll our opening titles. So, a lot going on in the first ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> nice little... uh uh, set the tone, and um, so let's let's talk about. I, I meant to reread Preacher before this season, and I didn't get to it. But uh, I don't hear. What do you you think of the casting on this? I mean, it's, um, not I, our dream you know, casting, but it it's pretty goddamn good. I think it's it's good. I think what they've done because um, when you read Preacher, T C Jody and Marie Ange- uh, Langelle are. 
They are all, they're almost cartoony. Yeah, their caricatures are just, you know, as evil and just, you know, by you as you yeah. can get. Yeah. Especially with, um, oh God, I can't, uh, with, um, who's the artist? I can't even remember now. Steve Dillon. Uh, the, sorry, the, yeah, yeah, yeah Steve Dillon yeah. and, um, the cover artist as well. They're, they really are super cartoony mm-hmm. um so uh, with everything going on in this show with how ridiculous it is i think the casting choices in terms of looks were made to try to downplay that for the time being the level of depravity that these characters have because um, the way that they're portrayed so far physically they can kind of fit in with the rest of society yeah and again yeah. I, I don't know how how deep into the depths of the vileness well, uh, especially just, with with them they'll go the depravity is so, hinted at quite heavily uh yeah so i'm pretty sure they don't want to be afraid of going there well tc in in particular when, yeah when uh he has this particular fetish yeah um that um, you know they probably won't shy away from it i don't know how how far they'll dive into it and it, in the in the comics, um, Madame Langell is she looks like death warmed over. Right, she's almost hilariously she's, old. She's like, yeah, yeah, I mean she's like a vampire. Beyond that, like yeah. just enough skin to cover to, to cover a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, but the performance wise, it's uh, it's chilling. They so. they got some good at, yeah. Betty Buckley is I knew she would too, and and we had other ideas you know in mind for casting. I really didn't have any idea. Brian I think suggested uh, the woman who played the mother in Twister or something on their last show, and I thought that was a good choice. But uh, Cloris Leachman could have killed it too. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but Betty Buckley just fucking owned she's like all right i'm gonna take this i'm gonna chew this fucking roll up and spit it out and she oh, yeah. does an amazing job to this whole episode <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna make a prediction right here that that mop of black hair is probably gonna end up being a wig by the time we're done with her i mm-hmm. think mm. yes yeah i think they'll they'll probably show the more more decrepit uh evil queen eventually yeah so yeah, so we get our rolling our, our opening titles and T- TCR. Jody just reminds me of a guy I used to party with back in the day. That's like I think we all knew a guy like yeah, that, so, but yeah. he's like just really kind of looks like my friend a lot. Uh, so that's a little weird, but he's uh, yeah, uh, my friend could could reach Jody like intensity occasionally. So I, I I'm enjoying that aspect <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so back in the present, Jesse and Cassidy are. We get a replay of the end of uh, last season, of course, and Jesse and Cassidy are bringing Tulip's dead body to Angelville. Jesse's looking all around for Grandma, and Cassidy uh, accuses Jesse of letting Tulip die, and he finally reveals that he had sex with Tulip in Texas. We shagged right in our back ca- uh, back of her car, and they have yep. a nice little brawl, which is. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Grandma's just basically watching for a while. TC discovers them and excitedly uh, calls for Grandma upon realizing it's Jesse. And he seems to be genuinely happy to see Jesse again. Yeah. And Grandma rolls up in a wheelchair but kind of ignores Jesse. And, and Jesse starts begging her for help. And she accuses him of uh, betrayal, abandoning the family, and refuses to help. But Jesse offers to do anything. She says anything. Uh, 
And she lays a napkin and knife on the table and says, you know what I want. And she says, and uh, Jesse cuts his hand and lets some blood drip onto the napkin. Some old Bayou magic going on, obviously. Mm. Next, we get a big preacher title card that says Purgatory. We, we find out Purgatory is a stage play or perhaps a sitcom, <laughs> complete with its own live studio audience. I fucking loved this. Uh, that's how you do, you know, we, they had to do hell on a budget last season and that worked out pretty well. And purgatory is kind of just as fun. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in purgatory, Tulips is sitting on a couch with her younger self, teaching her proper gun care, of course. And, uh, her father returns home after a prison sentence and hugs young Tulip. And he eventually procures some work. This got a laugh track and everything, you know, going on and, and the Oz, and yeah, it's literally a live studio audience. And he procures work at a restaurant and promises to buy young Tulip some candy to celebrate some Nico wafers. Yeah, a. right here in Boston. Really? All right, all right. awesome. Um, yeah, ne- Neko's uh, the Northeast Confection Company. They're uh, they're right in Boston. And meanwhile, we're hearing some muffled things like, "Oh yes, it's so hard. It's so big from the other room," and we figure out it's. <laughs> It's Tulip's mother uh, at hard at work, or maybe not so hard at work. Hey, she's got a mouth to feed. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, she comes out eventually and, and you know, kind of sneers at his empty promise of candy. And even uh, it, it's kind of cool that adult Tulip switches kind of into young Tulip mode and be like, but he crossed his heart. You know, she becomes a little girl again. And, and Ruth Nega just is creaming this as usual. Yeah. Uh, adult Tulip calls her a bitch and young Tulip tries to shoot her through the door as mom goes back to work. (laughs) Later, dad comes home again and he's apparently attacked a coworker who gave him some shit at work and, and he's got the the police in hot pursuit. So he proceeds to shoot at them and young Tulip and grown up Tulip, uh, join him in the shootout. Meanwhile, back in reality, grandma, you know, nice segue, grandma informs it. Uh, Justin Cassidy, the tulip is still in purgatory, and but they don't have much time to get her out. And Jesse heads out with a shopping list for Grandma's spell, and um, she also requests transpoil and explains that Jody knows where to find some. So I segue into introducing us to Jody, and Jesse also gives Cassidy a shopping list for Tulip's favorite things to help her uh, coax her spirit back. And he explains to Cassidy that Jody killed his father. And there's a little argument about what Tulip's favorite things actually are between the two. Uh, just the band. Yeah, just the band. It's Jesse like, says no, dragon. It's into Joni, Joni Mitchell, yeah. Yeah, Jesse says it's into Dragon Force. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but the, they apparently agreed on the blueberries, um, which is a good thing. Oh, yeah. Kettle of blueberry. Yeah. Jesse asked for Jody's help finding Transpoil. Despite their volatile history, uh, Jody agrees to help. And he brings Jesse to a motel run by the Boyds, a family competitor, and he instructs Jesse to wait <laughs> for him behind the mo- in the motel. And this is where, like, memories of my friend came in. He just, you know, he, he just punches the first guy in the, in the parking lot, and <laughs> gang of thugs, very large gang of thugs, emerge from yeah. the motel room, and he's just like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And uh, again, a little budget saving. We don't we don't get to see the whole fight. We just hear the the loud and. Uh, destructive aftermath. And, and the whole uh, time this scene was going on, I was just flashing back to the first Crank movie where uh, Jason Statham's character is gets the cocaine from the, the drug dealers and 
just starts beating them up so he can keep his heart <laughs> oh, going. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's what I'm picturing is going on mm-hmm. in there. Well, it was the beauty of it. You picture it any way you wanted. And, and Jesse waits for Jody in his truck, and the uh, the main lot guard comes and recognizes the truck, and he's like, do I know you? And he's like, well, you know, have you taken communion? Are you a Christian, basically? Jesse just kind of tries to confuse him. <clears throat> and he holds Jesse at gunpoint, but then Jody jumps down onto the truck with the stolen transpoil and kicks the guard, and him and Jesse drive off. So Grandma's uh, back home chanting a spell and sips a mixture of tulips, hair, nail clippings, and skin flakes. Yeah, mmm. Uh, Bayou Magic is yummy. Um. Better get a bucket I'm gonna throw up. Gaston, a bucket for Monsieur. Cassie returns with Tulip's favorite things. Uh, TC apologized for hitting him earlier, and Cass calls him a lightning-struck little bog trotter. So this great insult of the season goes to Cassidy as it usually does. Lightning struck little bog trotter. Yeah, I actually reround a couple times to make sure I got that right. So I'm going to use it on somebody somewhere. Uh, Grandma instructs Cassidy to eat a scorpion pepper. This is a great scene too, to, to try and coax Tulip Spirit to return. And I don't know if uh, Joe Gilgan or Betty Buckley were actually eating anything hot, but they sold it to me. Oh, I think it, it might not. Been, it might. It might not have been a scorpion pepper or right. a Carolina Reaper, but it was definitely. It might have been a habanero that he bit into. Joe Guggen, especially, he, he was just like that. Was you know that was real drool coming out of his mouth. That, yeah, real snot, real drool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was beautiful. <laughs> no snot, beautiful. That's why we love preacher kids. Yeah, we're fucked up that way. Uh, so, uh, she reveals that, uh, she, like Cassidy, uh, once loved someone who loves someone else. Uh, Madame Lagelle is already working her little behind-the-scenes puppet strings. And, uh, she says she cast a spell to make the man fall in love with her and then killed him after he became boring. And she offers to repay Cassidy for bringing Jesse back to her. You know, anything you want, darling, you just ask, you know. Especially if that's Jesse's, uh, you know, girlfriend who I just raised from the dead, or I'm about to. <laughs> yeah, see where that one's going. So Jody refuses to give transpoil to Jesse until they set her settle a prior feud. So another fight will ensue, another really good fight. And he knocks Jesse to the ground finally, and, and is threatening. He just picks up a truck and is threatening to plop it on Jesse's head. But Grandma orders him to stop. And Jody gives the transpoil to Jesse and he's like, well, best of luck with your girl. And then kind of does a creepy little lick of his lips. And yeah. So, yeah. So back in purgatory, young and grown up Tulip watched the news coverage of Mr. O'Hare's shootout and death. We assume in the guise of child protective services <laughs> uh, starts pounding on the door. And she goes to answer the door, but finally st- stops suddenly when she sees her favorite items, including booberry. Booberry save the day on the, on, the, on the coffee table. Meanwhile, back in reality, Grandma is mixing a potion for Tulip, which is basically a battery. Uh, zinc, magnesium, and mercury. And yeah, I didn't, Cass- I didn't catch that. Yeah, and Cassidy's uh, obviously like, you know, hey, won't that kill her? You know, isn't that dangerous? And she's like, she's already dead. Back in purgatory, Jeff, death continues to pound on the door, and Tulip decides to eat a bowl of Booberry before answering. And Grandma gives Tulip a drop of transpoil, and Purgatory Tulip finally sudden, suddenly finds a battery in her cereal. So uh, I thought it was in her her bra. 
Was it? I think she pulled it out of her bra, yeah. Okay, maybe, it, yeah, this, this is actually <laughs> off of uh, AMC's official recap. And, yeah. Really? Yeah, and they actually, yeah. I think the, okay. Um, I'll have so to rewatch. I do apologize for that. I could have sworn it came out of her cereal, though, but I don't know. But it did, a little tulip cereal. It wasn't oh, a cereal? Uh, okay. Yeah, it was in maybe. a little, in a little oh, tulip I, cereal. Oh, okay, gotcha. I just watched this again too. What the hell's happened in my brain? Um, Tulip tells uh, Tulip tells Jesse. Jesse tells Tulip actually that he needs her, and Cassie plays the Joni Mitchell, and that apparently was the right music. Um, in Purgatory, the TV starts playing the Joni Mitchell tune, and Death breaks through the door with an axe. But Young Tulip says, "You need to go." And when old Tulip asks, what about you? She says in a male voice, I'm just a reenactor. I work here. Best, best joke of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, awesome. that was great. Tulip hears Jesse's voice on the phone and begs for more time. And then she then puts the battery in the clock. There's been a cat clock on the wall throughout this and, and gets transported to a quiet road. And God appears in the man-dog suit and tells her that she's been chosen for a very important mission. And he goes, I want you to get those. And he gets cut off. Uh, before he can finish, he gets dragged back to life. And Jerry buries his face. Jesse buries his face with relief. And Cassidy smiles. And she smiles with them. Um, and uh, I don't know, should we spoil the comics a little for you, Pat? Yeah, I'm no, I have no problem with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the books, this scene kind of took place where God kind of saves her, but he doesn't yeah. say he's saving her in this one. And it's actually, in the books, it's after the you know, Madame Langelle has Tulip literally killed right in front of Jesse. Yeah. And I think that's where God comes in and drags her back to life himself. So I think yeah. this is a little variation on that, which I'm fine with and actually makes kind of more sense in the context of this you know the TV show. Yeah, they're playing with how it's being presented, yeah. um, and like the reveal of <clears throat> Tulip and uh, Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Have having at each other um, gets revealed in a at a much later stage with yeah a much different result. So, well, I don't know where this is going to go yet, but yeah. Well, I think yeah, in the books that's when they don't even get together till they think Jesse's dead, right? I think. Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's exactly yeah. it. And so, and she's still all, you know, trying to keep him from telling him when he isn't dead, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's been some changes, and that almost bums me out a little, because I, I thought maybe we were going to see the other scene, too, but it looks like they're taking care of it here. But that's a little um, less shocking. Yeah, you never than, know. I mean, yeah, they could, have, could bring her back just to offer again. Kill her again. I, you know, it might it might lose some punch, but, I mean, in the comics, when that happens, it's... Well, I'll talk more about it later. I don't yeah. want to spoil anything now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, God gets cut off, and, and Jesse later watches Tulip and Cassidy sleeping in bed. And Grandma shares a drink with Jesse and confirms uh, with him that they still have a deal. But Jesse's like, "Well, I could just kill you now. I could just push you down the stairs or push you over, and nothing you could do." And she's like, "That you know, don't you think I've anticipated that? You know, it become." Queen fucking Bayou, which, you know, by, by <laughs> not having a plan there, son. 
And she's like, go ahead and push me, see what happens. And, you know, we, we've got to kind of assume that Jesse giving up his blood is giving Madame Lagelle some power over him. Yeah. If I remember my bayou magic correctly. Blood magic. Yep. Yep. Not, not to be trifled with. No. That's where we leave it, folks. Uh, looks like probably getting a, a grail heavy episode next, next time around. Looking, looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, so here we are in Angelville. Finally. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been waiting, been waiting quite a while. Um, they're definitely going to be playing with, you know, with the way that the, the comics play it out. But just the fact that they're there tells me that I'm probably really going to enjoy this season. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The way they do this show, it seems to be they pick a set piece to set the season in every yeah. time. It's mm. probably going to be good. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This, I mean, the, the Angelville arc is, is like, I think it's like six issues, so it's it's pretty meaty, and we get a lot more, you know, we get some more backstory about about Jesse's family at that time too, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's so good. There's there's a there's some there's some oh shit moments and some fist pumping moments that if they translate them half decently, uh, it it's gonna be. I'm really really excited. I, I tried to pay attention to the opening titles. We probably should have talked about this earlier, but there there were little snippets of things probably to come in the opening titles that looked interesting. I don't know if yeah. you guys noticed any of them. I can't um, recall them off the top of my head, but yeah. We had uh, Eugene checking into something that almost might have looked like prison or something. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was that. There was a name tag that suspiciously said Hilter. Yeah, Hilter, and yeah, it looked like it could have been in a freaking Cinnabon or something like that. Yeah, you know, mall food court. That's <laughs> probably where I'll end up. Uh, there was uh, there was some Grail stuff going on, and uh, there's yeah, we know the All Fathers coming, so. It looks like they're going to have a lot to juggle this this season. Hopefully they can do it. I expect said they might break off from... Well, I think actually next next episode they're still doing some Angelville stuff, but I think we're going to see some Grail stuff too. So Excellent. I was a little surprised at some of the spoilery shit in the opening titles. One is literally Harris Stark gunning down a bunch of people at the Allfather camp, and like, it's like, I'm not sure you should have put that in already, but... <laughs> well, it's without context. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, unless you yeah know the comics or you don't know, it's going to eventually go on there. Uh, how are they going to do the All Father? That's just going to be <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll ridiculous. Manage. Uh, I wonder if they're going to actually have his comic book demise in it because that is something I think I need to see. <laughs> I don't even remember what that is, so I'll have to go back and. That out. I remember correctly, he landed on somebody <laughs> from a great oh. height, <laughs> and I don't remember who he landed on exactly. I can't remember. I'll have to uh, go back. It might have been Humperdoo, but I could be wrong. Oh, that might be. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, we're gonna more Humper- I'm sure we're going to be getting more Humperdoo too. Cause yeah. We're not done with Humperdoo yet. No, I'm sure not by a long shot. Um. <laughs> So, I don't know, Pat, you talk for a bit. <laughs> What'd you think? Uh, uh, my connection is ter- terrible right now, so really? I'm hoping you. Uh, you can hear me because I have, yeah, I missed most of what you guys just said. Um, oh, <clears throat> well, generally, uh, what do you think of Angelville now that we're finally here? 
I thought uh, Jody was great. Jody is believably scary. He is just what he needs to be. Um, I'm intrigued by what you're saying about TC. Um, <laughs> you might not be. Betty Buckley, again, it all comes back to uh, to Split. She was fantastic in that, and I'm yeah. really anticipating her being awesome in this. Um, I know she's going to get creepier, like Chris said, with the... Uh, I think she's going to become less and less human-looking. Now, do we ever see in the comics God with a human face? Yes. Yeah, I believe okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where he's talking in the comics when he brings... Tulip back. Yeah, he's basically. You get the classical rendition of what people perceive God to be. Yeah, old guy, white beard type stuff. Yeah. All shining in gold. Like the videos they were making in heaven. Um, Um, Oh, no, no. Hero's right. If he's not not Jim Rash from Community, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. I couldn't place the voice, so... No, it almost sounded like the same actor that did the videos, but I not. I don't think it is. Um, I wonder if it's on IMDb or not. But uh, I don't know if we'll ever, you know, they're going to stick with the man-dog thing for a while because it's now easily identifiable to people, I guess. Well, they uh, sh- at this point, yeah. they should. Yeah, yeah. And it, it also avoids them having to put a face on God. Yeah, yeah. So, because you, you'd never be satisfied with... No what they show you so and yeah go glowy god is going to cost more for special effects too so. yeah uh, yeah um <laughs> like to see that um didn't occasionally they have like the angelic presence be like 30 feet tall with a flaming sword too yeah I would uh, like to see that happen. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if we've got to do a stage play for Purgatory, <laughs> the, the heavenly budget might not be quite up to snuff this year. I don't know. Um, That's all right. There's only one time they'll really need it to be up to snuff, but yeah. that would be at the end of the series. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. geez, I hope they... It's, it's got to be so tricky for them to write this because it's like I, I'm sure they want to get to the kind of the end point and I'm hoping that AMC has kind of been like how many seasons do you need to get this done and they're like X well, number they, of seasons and yeah they're, they're cherry picking I don't think we're, we're probably not going to get every side quest and, and you know one off that the comics had which you know is kind of a shame because the those standalone ones where they did the story of our face the story of Hairstar and the <laughs> and the TC and Jody adventure yeah um if they were going to do any of them, that's the one I would want to see. I, I mean, I think they're going to have to do branch uh, off and do a couple episodes of, of you know, like Earth Face heavy episode or two, Earth Face and Hitler possibly, and um, yeah, they're going to have to let Star go off and and do his thing for a while because the, the yeah all the characters aren't going to be together, so hopefully they can shuffle that well. Uh-oh. Yeah, but I, I mean, the the main story points, I think they're definitely going to hit. And if they get another, I mean, this is season three. If they get another, honestly, if they get another two, they can probably cram in all the high points Yeah, without a problem and have it be satisfactory. But, I mean, it, it must be doing well enough because it's still on, and that, that was a tough sell for that show. So, Well, and I think so. I don't... Oh, go ahead, Pat. 
I don't know anybody who watches it other than like y'all and uh, my pop. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> really either. I don't about when I the show. Yeah, I don't hear like a lot of the other Tutu Freaks people ever posting anything about it either. So it's you think well, Andy Leyland would. Uh, I think he, I think he might have watched the first one. I don't think he was doing it for him, which is fair enough. I, I, it's one of my favorite series too, um, but I, I'm willing to, you know, I'm enjoying what they're, how they're playing with it. So I'm, I'm along for the ride. If, if that's like one of the fa- your favorite things that's like ever come out, and you were looking for a more faithful adaptation, this is, it's that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah. you know. If they if they did this ten years ago on like Showtime as an animated show, they probably just would have transferred it panel for you know panel. But yeah, it's all did right. You, uh, did any of you listen to Alan Middleton's episode where he did a brief review of season one? I have not no. caught that yet. Oh my god, it was hilarious. <laughs> He's like, Dude. so it ends with uh, this guy looking for uh, for God to tell him a thing or two. I think God needs to look for this guy and tell him something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Professor wasn't a fan necessarily. Uh. Hey, you know, depending upon what your your level of religious devotion is and what you consider to be blasphemous or insincere critique or in, or sincere critique of of organized religion and or you know philosophy, uh, theology in, in general. It's not going to work for some people, and I totally get it. So well, he's covered stuff like Spawn and things like that, though. He does a lot of like irreverent. At the end of the day, stuff. Spawn's a superhero story, without explicit. You know, it's just here's the devil. Yeah, you know, So it's. I don't know. I don't God, know. God in Spawn is pretty controversial too, because God is basically <laughs> heaven's just as much of an enemy as hell is when it you know eventually gets to the point where. I think Spawn destroys both of them or something in the books. I don't think I quite got that far in my uh, reading. Yeah, so. he actually becomes when God get, and like an angel at one point. It got really weird, even for Spawn. That's when I quit. He decides <laughs> to, co- to cover uh, Cloak and Dagger on, um, what is it, the uh, religion show that he does. I would love to try to get on there. Are you caught up with that yet, Hero? No, no, we didn't get a chance uh, to to get oh, caught up. So, I'll, well, the other thing is Luke Cage came out, so that was basically my yeah. whole weekend. So. Yeah, I'm on episode seven of that. Oh man, is it good? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. yeah I'm on episode eight. Yeah. It is oh, so much better than season one. It, I, I really liked season one too, but yeah, I did too, I'm definitely enjoying this more. It's got this is seems to have a better uh, flow to it. They need to give Alfred Woodard a fucking Emmy. She is unbelievable this season. Yeah, I love the new villain. I hope they don't do the episode seven kill off like they did with. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say this: this season does not go the way you think it's going to go. Good, good. Just the fact that they kind of right the ship with uh, Iron Fist halfway through the season is pretty spectacular, too. Nice, nice. Yeah, I read, oh, read in the blurbs ahead that he shows up. So oh, he shows up. Yeah. Oh, good. And it's oh, it's, oh. And it's nothing and it's, more. I'm almost there. I'm almost. And there. it's directly referenced that he seems different. Yeah. Cool. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They they might as well play with that. Yeah, they. Oh, it's, you know. it's phenomenal. This like man, woof, I'm telling you, this is the end of the season. You will not see it coming. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. 
Excellent. We, we'll definitely cover Luke Cage uh, in, in not too long because i got to get through Great. it this weekend. And um, We slacked off on some of the Marvel flick stuff, but th- this one's a top priority for me. Because I am having well, a good time. Yeah, it it's great. And I hate to say it, nothing against the fine and upstanding Jamaican people, but I love Jamaican bad guys because I love hearing Jamaican patois spoken. Hey, in, yeah, in I've loved Jamaican bad guys since <laughs> Mark for Death with Steven Seagal. <laughs> you cannot mess with Screwface. He did the same thing. He cut people's heads off. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a thing of theirs. <laughs> it's very <Right>. effective. <laughs> it's... He gets, he gets rid of your enemies and sends a nice bloody message all at once. Uh, yeah. You really can't dispute to dispute the PR pro- power of uh, decapitations. <laughs> but, anywho, that's the podcast for another time. Um, but, yeah, a real good good comeback to, to Preacher. Um, really couldn't be a bad episode with, with the whole Angel, Angelville crew. So Yeah. And I'm just loving all of it. And I hope they don't... They can't tarry who to hear too long, uh, and they probably won't. I think the blurb for the next episode is actually something effective, like the trio, you know, work to escape Angelville. So that I don't think they're going to be there long. Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, nah. you could, you know, you could tell the the high points from that storyline spread out over like two or three episodes, as long as you know, with other stuff going on from the other characters like the grail and stuff so i just hope they give betty buckley a lot of scenery to chew while we're there oh oh, i think they will and if they go with the logical conclusion of how that character's arc ends in the story yeah um yeah it'll be pretty freaking amazing killing it i don't know if it how authentic her accent is but it works for me does it hey it doesn't matter yeah no it really doesn't (laughs) she's she's giving it she's not phoning it in that's for sure Ah, I, I you know simultaneously would kind of love to have a magical, freaky grandmother like that, and and she's also terrifying. So that's exactly kind of what she should be. I'll, I'll take my grandmother's kindly. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I know there's probably some good Germanic magic out there, but my my. my German grandmother never really got around to teaching us any of that shit. <laughs> I, you know, I'm supposed to have a magical grandmother that teach, you know teaches you like old country fucking spells and shit. I don't know. Just Fair enough. Personal wishes, I guess. Because uh, <laughs> I had to go look all this shit up myself. Then you know, I can't when I learn magic. I had to get it out of a book. It's better when it's passed down. So, <laughs> send all your favorite spells to cheapscottproductions at gmail.com. Yeah, don't we'll, make voodoo dolls of us. We'll, we'll try, no, please don't. Um, money spells are very welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If somebody uh, wants to cast thinner on me, I'd take that. That, too, yeah. As long as it has a good stopping point. As long as it's one of those targeted thinner. You know, <laughs> it's, it's got a target weight to it, and then it ends. That's very important. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I live in the north, and I like to keep a little meat on these bones, you know, the, the winter months. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. All right, I need nicotine, apparently. Um, anything, anyone got anything else? I'm talking too much as usual. Uh, not for me. This is <laughs> oh, great, great, great first episode of the season. We'll see what we can do about... Uh, 
going to find an ending song for this one. We didn't really get any pop music going on in this. Um, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, you got Joni Mitchell. Oh, Joni Mitchell. Fuck yeah. with everybody and put Dragon Force in. The, is that an actual <laughs> band? I mean, I oh, yeah. Yes. Sure. Was it really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Look them up after we're done with this. Sweet. Um, Solos will blow your mind, man. That's another weekly heroics, kids. We'll try to keep the train on the tracks uh, for this one. And then some new cage somewhere in the middle of that. And maybe some other stuff. Who knows? Yeah. But we'll be back with more stuff, as Chuck Barrett used to say. Weekly heroics till next week, whenever next week gets here by now. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm not going in the morning, in the time before the light. In flames of dancing, turn the rain, we ride towards the fire. When the darkness is falling down, in the time for trouble right. The sound of evil laughter falls around the world tonight. Fighting high, fighting on board steel, through the wastelands evermore. The A look at the next episode of AMC's Preacher. We've got a long time, and there's a lot of souls you owe me. God is still missing. I need you to be the Messiah. The lads in the white suits kill Chulo. We kill them all. Grandma, the Grail. I'm going to happen. Get on your knees. It's good to be alive.